Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico from the Made in China podcast and Source Fine Asia consulting company, and also the Source Fine Asia YouTube channel. Speaking of a YouTube channel, if you haven't checked it out, you better check it out. Um, I think the most recent video right now I have uh, should be Ben modeling episode by the time this comes out. Um, yeah, so this episode is a little bit, uh, I mean, I hope you guys can tell from the editing side of things. So I hope uh, my editor does a great job cleaning it up. But uh, essentially, uh, me and Mike hopped on a, on a Skype call to do an episode about events in China and with a heavy focus towards events around the Canton Fair, but um, just events in general, because I know this is a question I get asked frequently and I know people struggle with this is if you come to China for the first time and you're trying to make connections, you're trying to meet people, it's not particularly easy because, you know, you you can't just hop on Google and like search Amazon FBA meetup. It's not going to happen. Um, you have to know the right places to look for certain events. And there are a ton of events, especially around the Canton Fair. But if you don't know, if you're not like plugged into into the China zeitgeist, you're not going to know what's going on. So we kind of give our tips. Uh, I mentioned a few meetups. and We mentioned resources that you can find um, to sort of keep in touch with those things. So I think it's a very valuable episode. Um, and yeah, by the way, don't forget to sign up for the China Pre-Accelerator. Like I said, it's going to be five to seven people, so the seats are limited, um, and the link is going to be in the show notes. So go to the website, sourceinasia.com slash made in China, click on this episode, and you'll see a link to the uh, to the pre-accelerator program. Cheers. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is take two of of this podcast episode. I think we just spent what like fifty minutes trying to figure out internet issues with with you know China internet. Five zero. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to talk, man. You know, they're trying to help. They're trying to hold. They're trying to. They're trying to hold me down. You know how deflating the situation I'm usually is. Usually a patient I know. person, but I can't tell you how how fucking annoyed I was getting right there. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I guess, I, I don't know, I don't want to harp on it, I'll end yeah, up crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good. I think, so what, I think that's what they the, do, the, the, they try to they try to break you down to the point where you just give up, you know? Yeah, I'm 100% sure that's what it is, because I see the Chinese people in the offices, the same offices, and they're just booming left and right using all the Chinese applications. But, you know, you try to use Google and Skype and YouTube, and it's just like, eat yeah. shit. Well, it works. It works, because, I mean, part of the reason why I don't go on, like, Facebook and Instagram and stuff is just that extra step of, like, having to log on to a VPN and, you know, yeah. go. It's not as easy as me just opening the application, you know? So... Anyway, enough enough of our complaining. Um, Rico and I were talking the other day in depth about uh, the Canton Fair Accelerator Program. Uh, Rico, do you want to give a quick mention to that? 
I'll, I'll give a brief and then I'll talk about it later because I don't want it. I don't want it to be like just straight up plugging. And I'm I'm probably gonna yeah, make yeah, a yeah. separate ad, whatever. So I mean, I've mentioned this like in passing on the podcast before, and that was because we didn't really have a solid plan. But um, essentially, what I want to do is I want to do an what we're going to do is we're going to do a accelerator program. It's going to be a seven day accelerator program, potentially a little bit longer with the Canton fair, a few added bonuses. We'll have a link in the show notes. Um, it's on the global from Asia website. Uh, so we're going to bring in a small group of people. I think it's going to be around five to seven people. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want to give everybody personal attention. Um, and we're bringing a small group of people. We will, by the end of the program, the idea is that you come in with a product that you want to source. By the end of the program, we've taken you from sourcing to you know vetting the supplier to setting up your order. So either you're placing an order at the end of the program or you're ready to place an order. Um, so it's going to be a very intensive program. And I think, I think the good part about something like this is what is different from the other programs out there. The other programs are just like, Come to China. We're gonna take you around, and you know, we'll take you to like a generic packaging factory or whatever. It's not very yeah, personalized. This is a little bit more know? specific and personalized towards the the person's needs. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I, you know, it's there's gonna be a lot of value. Like, if we're going to a factory, we're going to a potential factory that is for your product, not you know right. some generic packaging factory that kind of stuff. So, and like I said, I'll talk about it more in depth later, but. You know, that's, cool. that's essentially now we have yeah. the we have the stuff in the works. You know, we have a website up. Like, you know, we have the team together. Like, we've charted out costs. Like, we've got a hotel. You know, it's like all this stuff. We're ready to push it aggressively. Yeah, it's it sounds like a fantastic program. I'm excited to see um, what comes of it in the next month or so. But in discussing the accelerator program, uh, Rico and I thought it might be a good idea to discuss meetups in general on the podcast and um, you know, for entrepreneurs who are coming to China or coming to Asia, one of the most important things is linking with other entrepreneurs to, to get ideas, you know, just to make friends in general, but to get ideas, to get resources, to discuss, to learn. And I think that's a critical part of, of being an entrepreneur in anywhere, but you know, specifically in Asia and um you know, Rico and I just wanted to give some ideas, lend some advice for somebody who's coming out here and might want to get integrated into the entrepreneur communities and uh, just just some of the things to look out for. Um, and then we kind of have different advice and different ideas when it comes to China and other parts of Asia uh, for the main reason being what we were talking about at the at the front of the podcast, which is just access you know, so for example, I'm in, in Chiang Mai majority of the time recently, and everything that I do is through Facebook, not not by my choice, but because that's where the nomad community is uh, most prevalent. That's where all the meetups are scheduled on. So, you know, it's really easy to communicate and organize things through Facebook. But when you're in China, you know, entrepreneurs, foreigners will be able to access and get on via, via VPN. But I think without a doubt, you know, the main tool when you're in China is, is WeChat. And, you know, WeChat doesn't have the same functions that a Facebook does where you can search for specific meetups and find them and get information. You know, you need to be plugged into these communities, right? So 
Uh, you know, Rico and I were just going to touch on that a little bit, you know, some things that you could do, uh, obviously one of the biggest things, which we talk about all the time, discussing people who are about to come over to China is do your research prior to coming over, you know, get it, get plugged in to as many communities as you can find, uh, some influencers who are already a part of these communities, reach out to them and, and try to get some traction before you actually step foot in China. Um, you know, one person that uh, Rico is quite close with is Michael Michelini. What's his uh, website called, Rico? Global from Asia. Global from Asia, yeah. And so that's a great way. I mean, Michael has meetups all the time. He comes to Chiang Mai to talk about sourcing in China. And, you know, he's just a great link to meetups and different communities. Which yeah, like I just, I, we just released an episode. Um, I mean, I, I don't know when, I guess this episode will probably come out in like two or three weeks, but we just released an episode yesterday, which is an episode that I did with Michael Michelini. And um, like one of the things that I said in my introduction was that he's probably the most popular person I know in Southern China, like in terms of foreigners and his, his connection. And we were talking about how he's been able to leverage his, his network um, for, for, for business purposes. And so he's like one of those guys, like he's a resource, he's an invaluable resource for almost everything you can imagine with regards to stuff in China. Like when we were like neat, I think I've talked about briefly on the podcast before, which is it's a new banking application, online bank. They're kind of disrupting uh, the banking system in Hong Kong. Um, I wanted to get into their beta launch and I tried applying through their normal link on the website, but they had like a waiting list of, I don't know, a thousand people or whatever. And then I just, I thought about it. I was like, let me reach out to Michelini. And then for sure, Michelini's like, yeah, I have a special link that will allow you to skip the line or whatever. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, so he's just one of those guys. Um, so if he, and he has on his website, he has um, a Canton Fair events page where he kind of links up all the, you know, popular events, whether it's for Amazon FBA or his own events, because he, he hosts events all the time. His website is definitely, uh, or and his podcast is definitely a, a good place to start. For sure. I was thinking also, even though they don't host meetups anymore, um, Enter China, you know, everybody that's um, a part of Enter China is either based in China or working through China. So there's a ton of foreigners who have, um, you know, a, a access to all kinds of different information. So that might be an avenue that you want to check. Um, I know for myself, like I just mentioned in, in, in Chiang Mai, the Facebook groups are key. Um, there's one very large group, I think 25 plus thousand people, which is uh, Chiang Mai Digital Nomads. Might be Digital Nomads Chiang Mai, but one of the two. And I mean, they just have constant events um, posted up there. And there's a couple other groups as well, which which I think are um, quite good to access. Uh do you have any other ones that you wanted to, to talk about in China? Because I'm more interested in discussing like what to do when you go to the meetups, what to look for, you know, some 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 tips that people could could take to maybe maximize their experience when going to the meetups. Uh, the specific events, um, like I said, well, you can go to meetup.com and search Amazon Meetup uh, Guangzhou. There's a guy called Chris Davies, a British dude who hosts uh, Amazon FBA Meetup. It started like three years ago or four years ago. At the time, just really small, maybe 30, 40 people. And it's always at uh, it's always at Hulis. Oh, it's in Guangzhou. And they've grown it. 
Yeah, it's in Guangzhou, and they've grown it to 300 people plus every event. Like before, you didn't even have to register to show up. It's still free. It's a free event. You get like free alcohol, whatever. But um, it's like I think you get f- yeah free beer. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 one of those things. Like um, you'll go there and you'll meet. I remember Harrison was talking about it before he went there and he met the guy who sold the vast majority of the eclipse glasses last year in the u.s okay do you, you remember like you remember there was in a there was a solar eclipse in, in the u.s last year yeah right? i do so that guy made 20 million dollars in in like two months off of those <laughs> off, of the, off of the eclipse glasses That's like insane. um so those are the kind of yeah and he, you know so those are the kind of people that you end up running into when you go to those kind of events it's just like you know here's the guy who sold the vast majority of x product on an on amazon you know, and made two hundred million dollars in a year or whatever. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, that's a good event. Um, like Michelini again has so many events, like cross border matchmaker, cross border summit, which I spoke at, and we have a YouTube video up on that. So there's also just once you get plugged into these WeChat groups. So a good thing is like, okay, so if you reach out to me or you reach out to Mike or something, um, and then I just add you to those groups. It's you'll find there's a lot of people that are in this group that are in, that are in the other groups and there's a lot of cross promotion between the groups so like if you get into some of the groups where there's like three four hundred people um, it's going to be much easier for you to find out what's going on and then once you go to one meetup they'll tell you about another meetup you know it's like it's it's um it's a it's a tight network once you know one or two people that are sort of plugged in you're you're good to go yeah for sure i think that's especially the case in china and 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 wechat you know once you're in one group like rico said those people are going to immediately try to advertise you to get into their group and it's kind of a trickle down effect it works pretty quickly um i know that in Chiang Mai, there's constant meetups you know because the the digital nomad community here i would say how do i say it's um you have more of the newbies in in uh, in Chiang Mai than than other cities, from from my understanding. You know, so some of the people who are just getting started with their online businesses, Chiang Mai would be uh, an ideal, you know, first destination for for nomads. So you have a lot of people like this. So you know, for them, a lot of people are looking for ideas, or they have an idea but they don't know where to start. So meetups are critical here, and they. Are, are daily uh, because in Chiang Mai there's a whole bunch of um, co-working spaces, which I think are way more common in here than than in China. But uh, the co-working spaces they have meetups daily. Uh, some of them charge, some of them don't charge, you know. And then there's giant events like the Digital Nomad Summit, which um, I can't remember the guy's name, Johnny. Do you know his name? Johnny something? No. Okay. Well, that's a paid event. It's a really big thing. It goes all day. And they have speakers from all over the world. Uh, Like Rico said, you can run into these super successful entrepreneurs. You can also run into somebody who has no idea what they're doing and just getting started. So, um, you know, I think it depends on where you are at in, in the game. And, and what you're trying to get out of it, you know, if you're just looking for connections, friends, basic advice, uh, I think just just going and trying to, you know, focus on meeting five to ten people and having in-depth conversations with them, exchanging their contact information, you know, having 
in your back pocket, two or three questions that, that you ask everybody, you know, information that you're really hoping to get. Just because when you're going to these events and there's a whole bunch of people and you don't know anyone, um, you know, they have certain speakers or different things that they're trying to accomplish at the event. Sometimes it's, you know, it's difficult to meet everybody there to have a huge well i don't even think the, i don't even think the goal should be to meet everybody there. i think the goal should be to meet a few people yeah, that's, that's what i said i said you know have a have a handful of meaningful conversations try to you yeah. know have have some goals outlined before you go to the to the meetups okay so i, I want to learn you know who is in the industry that that I'm in? Who can help me with my logistic questions? And then, when you're talking to these people, you make sure and ask those things. Make sure and get their com uh, their contact, and they possibly you know have that information, or they know someone else that might have that information from there. Besides that, like uh, because you have those WeChat groups, I see that happening all the time, where you go to the meetup, and then you know there'll be some people that met everybody or whatever, maybe they were a speaker, so you know, everybody recognizes them, but then there's other people that I don't remember seeing at the event, but they start becoming very active in the WeChat group mm -hmm. and then they ask questions and they get answers. So it's like you still can even if you don't connect with everybody that you wanted to connect with, you can still reach out to the WeChat group after the event and, right. and then basically ask the questions or try to make the connections that you're trying to make. Then the other thing is uh, as I mentioned before, like a lot of the people go to the same events. So, you know, you might be like aiming to talk to this person and then or you might have a conversation with somebody and, and then they disappear or you don't have a chance to kind of go deeper with them. But then they'll probably be at one of the other events, you know, in the next couple of days. Definitely. So and one thing, you know, because you know, you've done so many meetups with Enter China and, and, and all the different networks that you've been a part of. One thing that you've really um, highlighted to me and always recommend that I do because I'm starting to do the meetups as well in, in, in Chiang Mai. One thing that you've always pushed for me is to try to do the after meetup meetup, you know, to, to offer people to go out for drinks afterwards, you know, uh, set up some type of group activity prior or after the actual meetup because some people, you know, in the more formal setting won't feel comfortable you know, giving you a lot of information, it's going to, it's going to be smaller, right? Not everybody from the meetup is going to go to the after meetup meetup. So it'll be a little smaller, more intimate setting. You know, people will have the opportunity to, to get the jitters out or, or, you know, they'll probably feel more comfortable in a smaller setting. And I think there's going to be a lot gained from that as well. Are you coming to the Kent Affair? Or are you thinking about coming to the Kent Affair? Well, are you? Well, if you are, I'm getting married. and oh, no, I'm joking. Yeah, I think that if you're coming to the Canton Fair, or if you're coming to China around the Canton Fair time, a big mistake that people make is they think that they could just go to the fair and pick out their suppliers and then, you know, within a couple of days and figure it out and leave. And it's not... Yes, the fair is a great way to find suppliers, and I've done a video on this explaining more in depth but you want to be doing research before you come down to china because when you're here you want to already have sort of established relationships and then you should be in the stage of like setting up things and growing that relationship with your supplier so by the end of your trip you actually are ready to place an order and another thing is like if you do everything online you, you know there's going to be certain steps that you miss and you're not going to understand the full entirety of the process and what are the right things that you have to have in place so 
we are launching a China Canton Fair pre-accelerator program. It's going to be a seven-day program from October 8th to the 15th. And that is a week before the Canton Fair. It's going to be all expenses paid apart from flights. And we've got a great team. It's myself. I'm going to have a bunch of sourcing assistants, which will be Chinese people that speak Cantonese, Mandarin, English. We've got Michael Michelini from Global From Asia, who organizes a ton of amazing events, is one of the most connected people I know in China. Then we've got Mark, who is a huge e-commerce guy who's just like underground. He doesn't like to put his name out there, but super experienced. And the idea is I want to show you what I do. I want to take you from you having chosen your product, you sourcing it, setting it up the right way, as in the right communication with suppliers, assessing them. I show you how to assess them. I'm going to be working one-on-one with everybody that comes into the program. That's why everybody's working out of my office for that week. And then also even going to your specific factories and me showing you how I assess suppliers. By the end of that program, you should have sourced set up your order or be ready to set up your order by the end of that program and the difference is a lot of other programs where they do these china trips like you just come to china and then you go to the fair and you know you just kind of walk around and maybe you find some suppliers but you don't leave with any tangible knowledge on how to source suppliers so like with my thing i want to make sure that by the end of the program you don't need me even if you choose to work with me you don't need me because you know everything that is what is the appropriate way to set up an order and what are you supposed to do in terms of contracts sourcing you know assessing uh communication everything under the sun anyways like i said canter fair pre-accelerator we have a description sourcewineasia.com slash made in china check it out and uh get in contact Yeah, I definitely like, especially when you're hosting an event, if there's a lot of people, because I just remember when, when I was doing all the EC stuff, you don't have a chance really to have like deep conversations with everybody, you know, because there's like 20 people there and everybody wants to meet you. So, and then you're also focused on just keeping the, the event organized and, and, you know, maybe problem solving, right? So, so, you know, like a, a good thing is like if you do, drinks after the meetup or you do some sort of activity after the meetup even though not everybody's going to show up the people that wanted to maybe talk to you about something specific you know will definitely come afterwards yeah so i have a question for you rico as an event organizer as a meetup organizer or as someone who is in the meetup who kind of sees that things are getting off track a little bit uh what can you do to kind of get get back to the focus of the meetup. So for example, I did a meetup in Chiang Mai a couple weeks ago and one guy who was there, he was fantastic. He, he, he was great. He carried a lot of the meetup, but man, he really felt the need to just to, to talk through a lot of it and, and kind of insert his opinions and talk about his stories, which were funny and interesting. And he was a good guy, but I, I do feel that after 40 plus minutes of that, we got, got, got sidetracked. So as someone who, who organizes these meetings all the time and is always a part of them, what is something that you can do to make sure that you're staying on track? Because on the same level, you don't, I don't like the meetups that I go to where it's just people on stage spitting these PPTs one after the other. You know, you want some engagement, you want some uh, interaction between the audience. It makes it more interesting for everybody. But if you get too much, if you get somebody who's a chatterbox and just wants to tell you their life story, it can derail 
the purpose of the meetup. Yeah, I think having a clear agenda for for the meetups and and making sure everybody knows what that agenda is beforehand. Because I, I remember even even our EC events that weren't besides the Canton Fair ones that we did, they weren't super structured. But we uh, the general structure was that we're gonna do a there's gonna be either a five to ten minute presentation, or we're gonna do a five minute uh, sort of Q and A, what's called like a fireside chat. Mm-hmm. And then Q and A afterwards. So, what that did was that allowed a very structured thing in a short space of time. And then, if there's people that want to interact with the speaker, they can ask the questions during the Q and A. And then after after that, we had like an hour of you know just mingling. So, I think those kind of things help. Like, or you do like a roundtable discussion, but then you have a specific topic that you have to cover. Because then. If you have a if you have an itinerary or you have a rough schedule of what you're doing, you can then cut off somebody. Yeah, you right. know, then it's like justified. If if this guy is, you know, rambling or he's, you know, even though he's helping, but he's kind of like talking too much, you can say, oh, by the way, we need to move on to the next phase. So you know, sorry to cut you off, but blah blah blah. You know, I think another thing that helps is as the meetups grow, having somebody else be the speaker, because when you're the event planner and then you're also the speaker it's hard to kind of play both roles like if you if you have somebody else being the speaker then all you have to do is make sure that the event is running smoothly and then you can sort of take charge in those moments you know yeah i think those are good things so i mean what you're saying is just setting clear goals and expectations for the meetup and i think that helps for people who are trying to attend the meetups as well you know if you're seeing that something's very loose you get there and it doesn't have much structure, it's probably not going to be as beneficial as, you know, what, what Rico's talking about, where the goals and expectations and the specific discussion topics of that meetup are clearly listed. And, you know, they do offer, they do encourage communication and interaction between the, the speakers and the participants. But, you know, it's like, hey, after a certain amount of time, we got to get back on track. Yeah, it's with it's like a within reason, right? Like you, you're creating a sandbox for the for the people. So, like, for anybody that wants to interact with the with the guest with the guest speaker, or whatever, they know that they can, but within this limitation of like a twenty minute Q and A or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like they know that, hey, I can talk, but I only have twenty minutes to do this, and then after that, they can just communicate with. Um, after that, they can just if they want to talk more, they can just go up to the the guest speaker during the during the social hour or whatever. Yeah, and then connect with them. You know, I saw a girl do something at one meetup I went to, which I, at the time I thought was a little silly, but in retrospect, I was like, "This is a really good idea." You know, she she just made it a point to come up and talk to everybody. Said, "Oh, hey, what's your name and what do you do?" And when someone mm-hmm. would respond, "Hey, I'm Mike and I'm." Know, founder of uh, SourceFind Asia, she would immediately take out her marker, right? Mike Shearhorn on the name tag, founder of yeah. SourceFind Asia. SourceFind Asia. Yeah, and just tag it on me. And yeah. everybody from then that's, on that's, was, was, you know, would, would say, hey, you're Mike, what's going on? I know Rico, you know what I mean? So it's just a good, it was a really good uh, yeah. way to, to get the conversation moving. Yeah, that's like, I mean, uh, Michelini does that as well, like with the cross border stuff. He, you know, he gets everybody to get their name tags made um, as they walk in. Uh, so it kind of just eliminates, like, if you look at the name of the guy's company, you're like, okay, you know, you could kind of tell if it's QC or whatever. Um, and it, it allows you to spark up conversation. I remember one meetup I used to go to before I came to China 
um, it was called Tooney Talks, Tuesday Night Talks in, in Toronto. And it was cool. Like uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed was they would have these matchmaking sort of sessions. They kind of took it from the you know sort of matchmaking dating type events, and they would force you to go up to random people and speak to them. So it would be like they would give you a question and say like uh, go up to a person and tell them a book that you read recently. That tell them about a book that you read recently that you know other people haven't read before. Or go up to them and tell them about a person that you admire in the business world, um, and then that would just help you strike conversations with everybody. Um, and it was good because a lot of times when you go to these events, if you know somebody, you're probably just going to hang out with that person, and then you know hang out with whoever approaches that person. Or if you don't know anybody, you know you can kind of get lost in just standing around and people watching or just paying attention to you know the 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 organizers so that was just a good way to like force people random people to kind of meet each other and establish connections and then the other thing that i liked was they the guest speakers only used to talk for about 10 to 15 minutes at the most um so that would just keep it concise like no one would ever get bored of their speeches I like that a lot, man, because some of these meetups I go to, you know, it feels like I'm, I'm back in university, like listening to a lecture. They're just going rambling on with the PPTs and backpacking. Yeah, it drags. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if the spe- even for the speaker, it's like they have to come up with a new presentation every time. If they can talk about a subject for five minutes, right. um, you know, I think that's better because the Q&A aspect is going to be the most important thing anyways. Yeah, or maybe have like a, a, a video demo prepared. The only problem with video is that you have to break it up with crowd interactions because at the same time, same thing happens. Like people start, you know, doing other things like talking on their phone and getting distracted. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it in terms of China events, unless there's anything that you wanted to talk about. Um. Off the top of my head, no, the Digital Nomad Summit, I think, is, is the biggest one that draws the most people. But, you know, there's meetups constantly, whether it's Pun Space or Hub 54 or one of the numerous other um, co-working spaces, you know, and those are a little bit, they're much smaller and much more, more focused, whether you're looking for Amazon FBA sellers, China sourcing, help with logistics, you know, and then they have everything in between, you know, copywriting, website creation all types of different things. So I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, and just going back to our China trip at this stage, I'm sure you probably listened to the ad and you the ad in the middle of the podcast and heard me at the beginning. But I think the biggest difference with our trip versus some of our competitors like Startup Bros and stuff is just, mm-hmm. you know, those trips, a lot of times they just kind of take you to the fair for seven days or a couple of days and take you to like a generic factory or things like that. But like ours is going to be more specific for your product. So if we're taking you to a factory, we're taking you to a factory for your product. You're working with me out of my office every day. So I mean, those events are valuable, but I think what we're doing is, is quite different. Like being in China physically for seven days, working out of my office, sourcing your exact product, learning the entire process. I think that's where we can provide a ton of value and be different from, you know, our competitors. Because something to keep in mind when you just come to the fair like that is you're going to leave with some idea of how to talk to suppliers, but you're not going to leave with a tangible process of how to source and manage and set up sales agreements and evaluate suppliers. Like, you know, that is the that is the most important thing, because then you're able to do it by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. 
and like you said, uh, the other programs, you know, a lot of value can be taken from them. But just as you said, the main the main component is that it's not spe- specific to your needs. Number one, and then number two, a lot of those people aren't in China on the daily, and I think that's what we talked about. You know, prior to you setting this um, this plan, was our big advantage was that you're in China majority of the time. And then we had also discussed maybe taking people around to the markets. You know, that's something that a lot of people want to see, whether they're going to um, the markets in Beijing to a lesser extent or mainly the markets in Guangzhou. You know, there's a fantastic area with just about every type of product category you could imagine in Guangzhou, you know, just just spending three or four days there. You know, you could I, I mean, that that's better than a year of school, in, in my opinion, just all the different things you can see and, and take in. And if you're with somebody who, you know, has some access and experience in China, but isn't there on the daily, I don't think you're getting the benefits that you are from someone who that that's their life. And that's where they work on a day to day basis. Those are the people that they communicate with on a day to day basis. I think um, the value from that type of experience is fantastic. Yeah, and another thing is like you know you got to have a solid foundation. One hundred percent. Our, our, I would say, without a doubt, our most successful and consistent clients are people who have tried to do it themselves, who have come over here, who have experience working with Chinese suppliers, you know, and they're just looking for some help, or they don't want to put the constant effort of dealing with their manufacturer, you know, and they want to outsource it to someone else. But uh, you know, the people who don't know the game and don't know how to to interact with manufacturers you know they have a different set of expectations than someone who's come over who's seen how it works and operates and you know they just much more focused business yeah so uh you know the other thing is going back to the team you know uh, i met we were talking about michael mcnini earlier from global from asia he's part of the team he's going to be helping organize I mean, he's done the cross-border summit for the last three years he's organizing events all the time so Got a good team with him. And then Mark Ramos, he's like one of these dudes who's uh, made millions of dollars in e-commerce and just doesn't put his name out there. So, And he actually works with, uh, he partners with Startup Bros, which is our main, I don't even want to call them competitor, but they're, they're the ones who've been doing the China trips, probably the most well-known brand that's doing China trips. Um, they have been doing it for a couple of years. So we've got a very, very, very solid team, like with the two guys there on the e-commerce side of things, the event planning side of things. And then with me just focusing on the sourcing, uh, you know, and product development side of things on a day-to-day basis. I think that, uh, you know, between the three of us, like that is, that is, I want to, I've been calling us the China trip dream team. Um, so I think that, you know, anybody that des- decides to come on the, the trip, especially with this one being the first one that we do, this is going to be a lot of value. And we also plan on making like a, a private group chat. I think we, ha- we haven't decided whether it's going to be Facebook. I'm thinking public Facebook group um, and then having like a private Slack channel, uh, Slack team, um, because I just feel like Slack, we can separate the conversations into different channels, whether it's like sales agreements, uh, marketing, you know, negotiation sourcing like you're just having you know different different channels for each subject so definitely i'm excited man i'm, I'm happy it's been like we've been talking about this for like two three years so to see it finally put together a good team and like be in the position to make it work 
So yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, this is an episode on China events. If you want to find out more about the China trip, the China Accelerator, Canton Fair, pre-accelerator, just go to sourcefinasia.com slash made in China. Check out this episode and there'll be a link. Uh, you can also go to Global from Asia uh, slash Canton Fair slash pre-accelerator. Uh, but I think it's just going to be easier if you go to the website and just click on the link. All right. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you want to reach out in general, that's at podcast at sourcefinding.com. I uh, already mentioned where you can find the podcast. And yeah, look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Cheers. Thanks, Greg. Hey, hey.